0: Welcome to the Happy Pill Podcast. I'm Ursula done In each episode, you're going to hear me share my story while offering information and resources while you continue on your journey of surpassing the effects of abuse and depression. I'm going to be doing some interviews with some very special guests who are going to share their journey and processes because my way is not the only way of healing. And the more information we have, the more we can share with one another. My hope is that you find love inspiration, and purpose for your life. So let's get started. Let's do it. We're gonna get it right. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We are doing it. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Happy Pill. As always, I'm always excited to have you here. And today I have got a special guest with Rama Willis. Woohoo! I have had the distinct pleasure of meeting Rama Willis for the first time as she was chosen to read the main character of Mae Morley in my play, All That Remains, that was a public reading held by Urban Stories Theatre here in Calgary. That was so cool. She was so magnificent that I knew I had to have this woman as my friend. Rama is a talented rising actor here in Calgary, happily married with three beautiful children. And I am thrilled that she is not only here as my friend, she is a collaborator in our creative projects together, but that she is here to talk to you people about her story of dealing with severe depression and anxiety and how one medical moment changed her view of life as she knew it. So thank you so much for being here, my friend. (laughs) We're trying this again as a second time. Yes. Thank you for
1: having me. It's an honor. So saucy. You got such a saucy voice. I, know. I agree. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Saucy. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so there it is. Anyway, we were having some technical difficulties, friends, but we're gonna try and make it through this episode. So if you're gonna hear some peculiar noises or whatnot, um, yeah, just go with that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not farting, I assure you. <laughs> Although it did sound like farts, I can't lie. You're probably just hiding. Did it do it again? It just did it again. Oh, f- f- ew. Okay, I, we're just going to record. If this I keeps agree. happening. Let's just do it. Let's, just do, Let's, it. Just, do Let's it. just do this. Yeah, I think the universe is telling us just to yeah. just to do carry it. On. All right. Carry on. What's that? Carry, on. Carry, carry, carry on. on. carry on. Love it. Okay, so first question I ask everyone, do you feel safe in sharing your story with me and anybody who's going to listen? I do. Sweet. That's it.
1: I do. I do.
0: Um,
1: Why do you want to share your story with everyone? You know, I think talking is such an incredible thing that um, is helpful for others, right? If, If I could share my story and that helps someone feel comfortable about sharing their story, the more we talk, the more we hear other people's stories, I think it just opens things up for discussion and acceptance. I think only good things come from talking. Right.
0: No, I totally agree yeah totally agree yeah so we're gonna we're gonna start with your story, and okay. um, one of the first questions I have here is like you have shared that you have suffered with some depression, some anxiety, and issues like that right so this this is what you're wanting to share with us
1: it is I think that's been a big part of my journey, and you, you can know just excuse yourself every time yeah, you hear it, here. pardon me, guys. <laughs>
0: It's Um, not Rama. Honestly, it's not Rama. Honestly, it's not me.
1: Yeah. Um, No, but I just think that that's, you know, that's the way things have presented themselves in terms of what I've suppressed for long enough. And everything must come to a point where it's got to find a way out. And as much as it was hard and it's been a difficult journey, I'm thankful and all those bad times have got me here, and I know, like we were just talking about, mm-hmm. I 100% believe I am exactly where i meant to be, and that's a pretty awesome feeling. That is. It is.
0: Especially to come from some dark, heavier yeah. places, right? Yeah. So let's start with right from the beginning. When did this start
1: to happen? Like, were you a little girl already? You know, I remember being quite young and having overwhelming feelings of sadness, and... Crying, like I, I've always been an emotional person, mm-hmm. and I've never really held in my tears, which I think has been a wonderful thing for me. That's amazing. Yeah, um, but I remember, yeah, as a young girl, feeling deep sadness. And do you know what that's from? You know, I I think it could be from the fact that I came from a home with divorced parents. That's always a hurtful thing for a child, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and if you believe in intergenerational trauma, I believe some of that stuff also is not even my stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But it carries on. And I felt it. I've always been a feeler. And so I've been very in tune with how I feel and how I'm affected by certain things. And I know for sure that, that that's been a big part, big part of me.
0: Well, I, I totally believe in intergenerational trauma. Like yeah. it's, it's happened through my family and throughout mm-hmm. my family history. Um, and I don't know, you can let me know if this question is okay to ask. Do you feel that that is part of your ethnicity as well?
1: Oh, for sure.
0: And can you explain that?
1: Yeah. You know, I think any person of African descent, if you just look at history, if you take a quick little minute and look back at history, there has been so much that has been done in such an awful way just because of the color of someone's skin, right? And in the name of that... I think what my ancestors felt, well, then that's going to affect how they live their life, how they treat other people, how they love, right? And I think if you just, if you're not quite into that whole belief that, oh, yeah, you know, intergenerational trauma is a legitimate thing, if you just think about how someone's surroundings might have affected how they might treat someone else or how they might
0: love Okay. I'm sorry, friends. We've just had another little technical difficulty. So Rama, please continue with what you're talking about. Um, generational depression
1: or trauma, intergenerational trauma. And I was just saying, you know, it's, 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 I guess, as simple as thinking of things like how your parents raised you. It's very easy for you to then raise your, your children in the same way. And we all know, Not all of that is one hundred percent the best way. Absolutely, Um, and so I think with that, I just believe some of my hurt, some of my fear, because that's been a big thing for me, has been fear, and I've been driven, or I've been, I've, I've learned to avoid many things based on fear. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, with that, i've I've just had to learn that you know what, it's all good. It's all okay. Okay, so we're gonna know.
0: we're gonna figure out how you got to that place, yeah. though, because right. that's really the important factor. And we did talk a little bit about race. Um, that it's yes. because it's also, and Eckhart Tolle talked about this with Oprah Winfrey. If you if you listen to their episodes on a New Earth, and they had talked about the validity of having um, geographical depression yeah. or um, demographical, y- yeah. And also, yes, yeah, so just a uh, cultural yeah. depression, right? It's, so it's not just in the generations. It's no. actually within the cultures, within the countries themselves. Yeah. And, and so
1: you feel that that has happened with you. Oh, I think a- every person of color could attest to the fact that, you know, unfortunately, how the world views you is at one time or another how you may have viewed yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's it's been it's been a long it's th- there's so much history behind it. But for many years and even till this day, lots of black people um, were thought of as lesser than. Yeah. Right. We're inferior. Why? I don't know. I don't get Sorry it. Sorry that God painted me with chocolate.
0: I love chocolate. Right? And so do I. <laughs> yeah. so, <and> lots <laughs> right. of people Who doesn't love chocolate? Exactly. <laughs> Honestly. Um, it was something I never understood. I never understood yeah. it. And now in our day and age in 2019, obviously we're still in that yeah. that aspect, which is, um, it disgusts me, but we're not here to talk about right. my political right. opinions on things. Right. Um, we want to talk about how this was coming for you as a little girl and the sadness and the depression. And so it
1: started with a divorce of your parents. Yeah. And then what happened after that? Well to tell you the truth my parents got divorced when I was 8 months old so I don't ever recall them being together. Wow, that which was in my opinion I think I was spared a lot of a lot of heartache. I think it was a blessing. Um but I think as a child you know you are you know equally from your mom and equally from your dad. You recognize that's my mom, that's my dad. You also are aware that certain things you get from either parent. And when you know that your parents don't really like each other a whole bunch, you at times feel that you shouldn't love them, right? Or that you Hmm. might have to pick. Or who do I love more? Mm, Interesting. Right? And so I think a lot of that, that, uh, I think a lot of their hurt became our hurt. And when I say our, I'm speaking of myself and my siblings because mm-hmm. it wasn't just me.
0: Right. It right. wasn't just me. It's that energy that, um, that you feel. Yeah. Was there anything that was happening to you at the time?
1: You know, I, I was very lucky in the sense that, um, I had an older sister and two older brothers and there was nothing obvious in terms of physical or any other abuse like that, that, that that wasn't the thing for us. I think we just lived in a space of hurt and hurt that we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably the, one of the worst... I think that is one of the worst things you could do is not talk about what's going on. Were you, were you not safe to talk about
0: things or it just wasn't an open environment?
1: That's just not really how I was raised it's not that I wasn't safe to talk about it but I was never invited to talk about it Mm. I was never I don't know maybe I didn't feel that that is what I could do I'm not sure
0: right okay and so um so you were then because your
1: parents had divorced so young you were Mm -hmm. just
0: raised by which parent my mom so my mom mom
1: raised us four kids and and we did see our dad Mm -hmm. um but it was a completely. It, it, my mother raised us, hundred mm-hmm. percent financially. She was the one who put us into sports. She was the one. She she was our our main parent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how how was that feeling to you as a young girl growing up?
1: To be quite honest, I didn't think much of it. That was my normal, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know any different, and I was a okay with it because. As far as I could see, my mom was doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. She worked, and she took night courses throughout my childhood. She was always kind of trying to further and better herself. That's awesome. Which I think, yeah, it, she did some incredible things considering she was in this country, by herself, raising four kids.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? She was by herself? Like, um, um, was she... Did you guys immigrate to Canada? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I was born... my oldest sister she was born in New York and then my two older brothers and myself we were born in Edmonton Alberta okay but she moved here just with my dad so she had no family she had no support she had nothing wow yes wow so coming from New York though. coming so they left Ghana West Africa that's where both my parents were born and raised okay they stopped off in New York and spent a few months there with my um my dad's sister and that's where my sister was born, and then the plan was to move to Edmonton, Alberta. I don't know why, because it's cold there.
0: <laughs> it's real cold there. Well, I'm thinking Ghana, I to New York, like
1: to Edmonton? doesn't make sense. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so your sister's American, actually. She is. I know. That's cool. She's really more Canadian, because she's quite nice and friendly, <laughs> like the rest of us. <laughs> Okay, sorry to our American friends
0: who are listening to this. Oh, that's not what we mean. No, that's um, not what I mean. No, totally not. Okay, so now that we got a little bit of that that history and stuff, and so your mom was raising all of you on her single income, mm-hmm. and dad was supporting? He was supporting?
1: No, he was oh. not. No. And that was something else that was between them. I, I don't understand it. Um, mm-hmm. But unfortunately, no, my mother was on her own when it came to finances. Mm -hmm. She was completely on her own. Wow. Yeah.
0: And then to do a job, to work at a job and support four kids, put them through school, feed them, clothe Mm -hmm. them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Way to go mom.
1: I know. That's why like she, she did incredibly with what she had and she did the best she could. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. And did you learn a lot of those things um, for yourself taken from your mom? You know, I think I did. I think in my mind, it's funny when I was younger, I used to envision, I, I have always envisioned that I would be a mother, that I would have children, but I used to think that, and I don't know where I got this from, I, I must have been watching a show one time, some, it must have been like Maury Povich, I don't even know where that <laughs> sounds so bad, <laughs> but I had just envisioned that I would have in vitro, and I oh. would, yeah, I would, I would have children, but I never envisioned a spouse because that was not my household. It was. A, it was a strong woman. Right. She. She made the money. She raised the kids. She did the cooking. She did. The, she did everything. She was superwoman.
0: Wow. Absolutely. Right? So yeah. Gosh. I never would have yeah. thought of that.
1: Yeah. So that was your plan? Was to have kids, but plan. to do it on your own? Yeah. I never even. I don't think it even dawned on me that marriage was an option. And I know that sounds crazy.
0: No, it actually doesn't. Um, yeah. if, because I also grew up without a father too, right? He abandoned right. us when we were just uh, little kids. So I don't know. I didn't have that father figure in my life. And mm. the father figures that did come in right. were, were very, they weren't
1: very good. Right. Did you have father figures come in? I didn't. Okay. No, I didn't. So I think that's been a struggle for me as, as a woman mm-hmm. to respect. And I, I fully see the value in a father figure but i just i i never it was just not part of my plan wow i know in vitro was part of your plan. In vitro fertilization was part of my plan. <laughs> I
0: don't know. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that plan. There's many yeah. women who are yeah. wanting to, to go that route. So we're not That's judging right. that at all. No. Um, so what I want to know is that you had this sadness at a young age. How, how far did it carry through? Did it go through your teenage years up into your young adult
1: years? What yeah. was happening? I think I've had it pretty much my whole life. I think I've had it my whole life. And it's tough, you know, I think as a child, when you feel safe enough to be seen I think that helps you accept who you are good and I don't want to say bad because I don't think there's necessarily bad parts of us but I think there's um less positive things about ourselves that we (laughs) could all work on some things Mm -hmm. that we don't like to talk about yeah totally um but I think that was part of my thing I, I I wasn't I wasn't sure enough in who I was or who I could be. Mm. And I think for a long time, I had myself kind of, you know, locked up. And with that, I think I, I couldn't be me. I wasn't breathing. I was mm-hmm. not, I was not living. Right. And I don't want to sound dramatic, but I just believe as if, you know, I, I, I had to uncover myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That is exactly what I feel like I've, I've I'm doing right. I'm doing so uh, so
0: yeah. it's what you're doing right
1: now. Mm-hmm. But so how long has this
0: lasted? Like
1: um, I've had I've had I would say some really really dark times. Um, Are you open to sharing that? Yeah, or can give some examples. Yeah, some examples of of that would be, um, well, when I had my eldest daughter when I had my eldest daughter who I was just about 23 when I had her and Was I, this through in vitro then? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I was okay, broke I back wanna, then. What's up? <laughs> I was broke back then. Okay. Oh, so you did it the traditional way. Mm, yes, I, j- I did the traditional way. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, no, but when I, I was pretty young, you know, and I've since learned that often your first child brings up some of your own childhood stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I think when I had her, just, it, it was a lot. And to be quite honest, if we just break it down, bringing a human being into this world is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal.
0: I believe that. Yeah. I do believe that being a mother is the most difficult position mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. And as you and I have talked about, I think because we've said you're not just creating, you're raising the yeah. evolution of the human species. Yeah. That's a huge responsibility. Man oh man is it ever. Mm-hmm. It's a
1: lot. hmm
0: yeah. So so you're pregnant the first time. Sorry, were you were you married to this? I was this not married,
1: but we were we were in a committed relationship. Right. And um but still we were we were quite young. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. We were quite young. However, I'm very grateful because that whole piece of my life had to happen, had to be. Right. And I'm, 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 I look back and I'm like, wow. But I'm so thankful, so grateful. Right. But it did, it did definitely bring up stuff for me. Okay. And so what was going on then? What can you share with us? Well, I think also too, once you have a baby, if you just think about physiologically what's going on within your body, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hormones. There's a lot of this. Things are out of whack. I keep hearing
0: my my female friends tell me that I I haven't had kids, so I don't know,
1: but... It's uh, it's crazy. And I'm quite certain I was suffering from postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I was not sleeping well. I I wasn't eating enough, so I was, I was having difficult times breastfeeding. I I could only breast I only breastfed my eldest daughter for two and a half months. Okay, and that was a big that was a hurtful thing to me. I feel like I failed. Oh, oh, oh yeah,
0: I, I have heard women yeah. say
1: that. Yeah, it's there's a lot of pressure put on on a mom, right? And this is your this is your new little baby cub, right? And breast milk is the best thing for the baby, right. which it is. Mm-hmm. However, it was not working for Mama because Mama was. Things were just off right within me. And I think that is when I was at one of my lowest times, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So you were in in the depression yeah. heavy. Because I have heard women talk about it. And yeah. it's like, I'm assuming it's like having depression, even though I, I've never been a mom,
2: right.
0: um, that for me, it was lots of sadness, lots of uh lethargy you know just unmotivated yeah. you know unmotivated
1: yeah. um was that what it was like for you it was and you're sleep deprived too right
0: mm-hmm. and we all know
1: it when we're sleep deprived you're not you're not really thinking all that clearly to begin girl, with girl i know insomnia you know like that. nobody's business yeah that, that's like your hobby right <laughs> <laughs> i could use a better hobby
0: yes <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that that's yeah. what you you had insomnia i i
1: well i wouldn't say i had insomnia okay. i think all new parents you just don't sleep well. Your baby needs to get up. Your baby needs to eat every two or three hours, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not having solid sleeps. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, um, I there was all, just all these other factors that it just came to a head, and I hit I hit a, I hit a low. I hit a definite low, mm-hmm. and it took me a very long time to get out of that low. Okay, a very long time.
0: And this is something that we've decided that we are going to leave to the side, but let's just talk about, um, how you got up from that, because did you, uh, come out of that postpartum? Like how did it, how long did it last for you? Oh, good question.
1: Okay. It's all a blur to be quite honest. Wow. Um, I I think I, I definitely started feeling more like myself probably around when my daughter, you know, was sitting and, to be quite honest, and th- I'm I'm just this is just clicking for me right now as we're talking. Wow. When she started sleeping more, <laughs> mm-hmm. I probably started that's right around the time I started feeling more like myself. Wow. Yeah. So when was that happening? And then like if- she started sleeping around five or six months. She she would have like solid sleeps of maybe six hours throughout the night. Nice. Which she was she was a dream baby. And when I say oh, dream baby, uh. she popped out and she was First of all, so beautiful, mm. truly so beautiful. And she was a very easy and patient baby for me. Baby and girl, your mama's so proud. I, but I am, and I'm so grateful and thankful because quite honestly, mm-hmm. um, that is exactly the baby I needed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. Was,
0: that's really sweet. So, so having her um, after the postpartum, mm-hmm. you know, when she was sleeping, so having her was helping you heal? Some issues that you were
1: having? I think it was helping me um, think of someone else, you know, and, and consider my how I was going to try to be better. And it's so funny when you have this little human being that they are here only to, only to receive love, right? And they will give you the most unconditional love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you, you realize that it's such a precious thing, right? Right. It's such a pure love. And I think it's much easier to, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I, I I'm not even sure. It, it's easier to simplify things
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you have this simple love.
0: Hmm. So having this child seemed to really have, um, altered your perspective, It Um, did. On things. Yeah. Because you said you had some pretty dark days. But what was was mentally happening to you and physically happening to you? What were your thought patterns? What were your behavioral patterns that you
1: recall? Yeah, I, I think I was so... And I was so afraid of not being good enough. And at the time, too, I know it was a big deal. I had always thought... I don't know what I thought, how my, I don't know how I thought my life would unfold, but I didn't, I wasn't sure if I was do if I was on the right path. And I felt, I felt a fair bit of shame around the fact that, for instance, you, you know, you go get your baby immunized and you see this happily married mother with this, with her husband and their, their sweet baby and their other baby that's like two, two years old, this Mm -hmm. perfect family Mm -hmm. (laughs) quote-unquote the ideal image yeah right and then you look at yourself and you think well geez maybe that's what I should have done right Mm -hmm. you think that maybe you're just not enough or you I, I think I think at the end of the day all the things you fear is usually what you're faced with right and I was faced with some of my biggest fears mm-hmm. and I wasn't too sure of myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I know that definitely presented itself in my, I, I lost, an, I, I gained about 60 pounds with my daughter. I packed it on. Yeah, okay. I did good. You did good. <laughs> I did good.
0: <laughs> you did good, mama. Way yeah, to go. I did.
1: Congratulations. But I dropped that. Two and a half months is gone. Two and a half months? Two and a half months gone. That sounds really quick. I, it, yes, I was, I was stressed. I was in a state of stress and, and, and I think I was just so anxious. And I think that's another reason why I couldn't breastfeed. I was not eating enough to keep up with the demand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was, it was, it was, it was a trying time for myself for sure. So was, was the pressure then
0: the, the building of this, was that to try and be the perfect mom.
1: I think it was try to be, it was definitely trying to, yeah, yeah, live up to that idea, right? And also at this point, I had thought, well, geez, by this, by this time I had <laughs> resigned uh, my whole idea of in vitro. And I thought one day I'd be married. And mm. I wasn't married at the time. And okay. so that, that was the thing to me that also brought me some shame.
0: Okay it that did. you had this child out of so called wedlock, yeah. yeah, right, and you wanted to have a child well other than in vitro right. by yourself, you yeah. thought the only way to have a child was to
1: be married yeah once i I got over that in vitro thing in my youth and you know you start dating people and you think oh i'm gonna I'm gonna live happily ever after married right mm-hmm. and the last thing I ever wanted um, was to raise my daughter by myself or not with a partner or spouse. Mm-hmm. And we were not a good fit, her father and I, and it's all good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No, no hard feelings at all, yep. but we were not a good fit.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so that was not going to be our reality. Right. And, and how that did was that hit a, you? Oh, hard. Very hard. I feel like I, at the time I, I felt like I, I was failing Hmm. I was failing. Oh, I, yeah, it was it was a very difficult time, and I think, you know, another really dark time in my life was when my older daughter's father and I uh, split up because we were building a life together. Right. right? So you weren't married, but you we were living together. We were in we were engaged, okay. and um, we were living together, and we had built two houses together. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we were trying to live that dream, mm-hmm. but we were trying to force something okay and it didn't yeah. feel right it was it wasn't right we were not meant to be
0: right yeah. and so how long into that journey did you guys finally make the decision to to part ways
1: um you know my older daughter was about 4 mm-hmm. she's about 4 years old and that was right around the time that you know 4 years old there's a lot of awareness kids are smart
0: they are smart kids and they're so smart. intuitive yes they are
1: yeah and it was it was it was difficult accepting that my life was not what I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was in a very dark place then as well. Mm-hmm. Very and, dark.
0: And, and how was that affecting you mentally, emotionally, physically?
1: To be quite honest, I again my thing is when I'm stressed, I don't eat. Okay, so, I eat. <laughs> I totally eat. I don't. And wow. so I just melt away.
0: Oh, girl. Yeah.
1: And so it's not, it's, not, it's not a good thing, that's for sure. But I had to take about a month off work. Mm-hmm. I, could, I was not fully functioning yeah. at this point. Well, I it was, was good up, that you took time off. Oh, I had to. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I wasn't sleeping. And I was so mad at myself. You know, I was, I was mad at myself for what I thought at the time was putting myself in this position, right? Um, and so I was very mad at myself. I was, I was probably just mad at everything, mad and sad.
0: Mm -hmm. That
1: was my currency back then. Wow. Yeah.
0: Mad and sad.
1: Mad and sad. Because the sadness had, had always
0: been there, right? And now, now did you feel in any way that your life was now reflecting what your mom had? A little bit,
1: a little bit. How did that sit with you? Um, didn't sit too well with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, you know, I, I shouldn't say that. I think, again, it was just, I was afraid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there was so much uncertainty. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know what my life, I didn't even know if I was going to have more kids, mm-hmm. right? And I just thought, okay, after I finally, this was months and months and months, I, I started to slowly climb out of that that kind of pit that I had, I had to digged for myself, right?
0: Well, then what did you do to get yourself out of that? Because I think that information is always important.
1: I think what I did was I, I realized that everything that was happening was not all bad, right? Mm-hmm. This, this man and I were not, were not meant to be,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? We, were, we did not bring out necessarily the best in one another. Right. And I had to accept that. Mm-hmm. And once I accepted that, I, I, I realized that, you know what, I, I'm going to be okay. Right. And I had this child too. I still, you know, you can't stop parenting. Right. I couldn't put my motherhood on pause. hmm Right.
0: Did you do any therapy or counseling or um, perhaps any antidepressants or did you do any
1: of those kind of things? I didn't. I didn't. Do you know what? Actually, I shouldn't say I, I, my therapy at the time was kickboxing. Wow. Yeah. I got into kickboxing yeah. and I had love around me. I have my dear friend mm-hmm. Lana who's who's She's my sole sister. Oh, cool! And then I also have my older sister who has helped me and counseled me. Mm-hmm. And then I have my mother who's always offered whatever help she can mm-hmm. offer. See, and that's that's why I think
0: is important for our listeners too is that therapy doesn't necessarily mean it has to be medication yeah. or typical counseling or any of that. That you know, you no. your outlet was in kickboxing, and that yeah. is huge therapy. It really right? was. And you had your family support. I did.
1: Right. So you were then come coming out of this phase. I was, and I was, I was, I was coming out of it. It it was, it was such a slow kind of uphill movement that before I knew it, I was just out of it. And I was like, Whoa, how'd that happen? Cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, I'm very thankful and so grateful. Um, for everyone and everything that helped, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, I, I need to give myself a little credit too, because I also helped myself. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So we're gonna we're gonna keep going because you have another huge moment coming I up do. in your life. So what was happening between the time of just you and your eldest daughter, mm-hmm. and then you'd go into family? So let's talk about this next wonderful
1: phase in your yeah. life. I meet this man. This man with. With wonderful man hands, as I said, and yeah, <laughs> what does you know, that mean? Wonderful yeah, man hands. Just beautiful hands. Okay, he's just beautiful hands. Way to go, hubby. Uh, yeah, ah. <laughs> he's got beautiful hands. <laughs> um, and I met this man, and I, uh, on our first date, I was just like, he—he he is such a kind and generous, loving person that, I—I um, f- I felt hope. I felt I was very, I was, I was lacking hopefulness and you know, right in front of me was this this man out of nowhere and he just he was he's, he was he came in right at this at the perfect time. hmm yeah. And then we get married. So you got married I got finally. Married, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay to be happy about that. Yes, no, yeah, no. I, I got married to a wonderful man. And then we popped out two more kids, two more little babies. Well, I think you popped out. Well, yeah, no, no. I why, why am I saying he popped out? No, I po- I definitely popped them out. I think he popped in. <laughs> yes, he did.
0: It's one of those shows, people. It's one of those shows. We're getting there. Yeah. Oh, Lord.
1: <laughs> I told you we were going to have fun. Um, yeah, um, and so we have, we, we, we have two more kids. Wonderful. And now we have a blended family. Mm-hmm. Which, you know that comes with challenges as well. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. But it wasn't as, as difficult or as challenging as the first time around.
1: Definitely not. Right. By this point too, I had, you know, I think I've always, um, I've always, I've always been seeking to learn more, to um, better myself. And I think over the years I've, I've, luckily and thankfully I've continued on that path. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when, when this new stage of my life came, came about, I was better prepared. Right. I think. Right. Mm. But you were, from what you were telling me before,
0: um, was that you were also still having some, you know, some of the depression, mm-hmm. some of the anxiety. I mean, mm. it wasn't that everything was completely gone. No, no, right?
1: no, definitely not. No, no. no. And you were um, still working through that. Yeah, for sure. I still work through that. Yep. Right. Congrats, girl. Join Thank the club. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, don't we all though, right? Yep. That's what we all do. Yep. Um, yep. But I think I, at this point in my life, I became very anxious, very anxious, and anxiety was starting to rule me. It had kind of reared its ugly head with mm. fear. Everyth- I was I was just so afraid. Afraid of what? I Death has always been my thing. Right? Death? Death. Yep. Yeah. Has it like this has always been like even since you were a little girl? Um, I think since I was quite young, to be quite honest, I've never known anyone around me that has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's mom died when I was I think around twenty, mm-hmm. but I had only met her twice because she lived back home in Ghana.
0: Right. So that's your
1: grandma. My grandma. Right. right. And so I didn't, um, I I didn't, I couldn't understand it because I had never had experienced anything like it right and so I was I have these babies my precious kids and this man I love and a family siblings and nieces and nephews and and friends around me that I love dearly and I I started to have thoughts of death constantly when did that start Well, mind you, we
0: just kind of talked about it, but Mm -hmm. like, was there, it seems like, um, you were already having this life and then this
1: comes in Mm -hmm. and it seemed pretty heavy. It was very heavy. I, I, you know, I can't even recall when it was, it had always, I had always, you know, been afraid of death, Mm -hmm. but it was just like, you know, like, Ooh, better not. It's like being overcautious.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm
1: I'm a very cautious person. Okay. Um, but I think it, it definitely, it came bubbling over. Maybe after I had my son, I don't know. I, I was just so afraid of losing my children
0: mm-hmm. or my
1: loved ones. I was so afraid of the finality of, of death. Mm-hmm. I was so afraid of the unknown and it was starting to rule my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like I would have dozens of thoughts a day to the point where it, it got to be crippling. Wow. Yeah and i so, had to start talking to someone okay it was affecting my life and it was affecting my my family's life as well right right yeah so
0: keep going so so you talked to someone yeah about this and what was happening um
1: you know i i think for myself um i'm i'm i imagine things i i see things i should say i see things play out almost like as if it's a movie mm-hmm. and what this one doctor had explained, he said, you know, when you have these thoughts, your body is experiencing it as if it's actually happening or mm-hmm. actually has happened. Yeah. It's so law it's very of traumatic. Yeah. And it was heavy
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was
0: crippling. Right. So was something actually happening to you physically then while you were going th- and you're
1: having this yeah. fear? Of yeah. Th- Again, I think I, that was probably right around the time. I Like I said, I get stressed. I don't eat. So mm-hmm. then I, I, I start to shrivel away. And my doctor at the time had said, you know, like, you can't lose much more weight. Like, you've you got to, we kind of got to figure this out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I realized that I had to almost, you know, create some new pathways of thought.
2: Mm-hmm. I had
1: to unlearn the things and I had to recognize triggers. So I don't watch news. Mm-hmm. I do not oh, watch girl. the news. Yeah, no, no, I don't no, 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 no. either. It's too no, triggering. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I don't watch things that um, that are so graphic that it will stay in my mind. Right. Because that, that is just an imprint then, and it's it's there for a good long time. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned things that don't work so well for me.
0: Right. But you were having a physical symptom that you were. We were talking in your prep about mm-hmm. this one physical moment. Mm-hmm. This um this. Big aha moment yeah. that came out of an illness. Was that coming from the fear or are these two linked or are these separate issues? You know, maybe
1: they're linked. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think um these were a couple years apart, okay. But you know, I, I I can't say that my thought, well, i I know my thoughts affect affect me physically. Mm-hmm. How deep that physical how deep I was physically affected, I don't know. perhaps
0: mm-hmm. well, let's talk about that. Let's yeah. talk
1: about that moment, that incident. Jeez, this was crazy. This was crazy. So my husband and I had just got back from a trip. And I'm not a big fan of flying. I <laughs> <laughs> love it so much. Okay. Um, but I had, I had, I think it was a couple days after we got back. I was so dizzy. And like dizzy to the point where like I cannot get out of bed. Like I'm going to throw up. I can't walk. I can't drive. I'm so dizzy. Mm-hmm. And it lasted for a few days. And finally, I asked my husband, you know, like, I think I need to go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor and they do a whole vertigo test. They kind of drop your head and see if your eyes do something funny. I can't even remember. But anyways, I, th- that was not my, my, my thing, obviously, or apparently. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, the doctor had wanted to prescribe some meds. And I'm like, you know, I, I would prefer just figure out like what's going on rather than treat these symptoms. I don't want a bandaid. I actually want to get down. To what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: she had sent me to the hospital um, for a CAT scan. Okay. And so I, I had a CAT scan at the hospital and they found an aneurysm. Whoa. The funny thing about aneurysms is they're asymptomatic. So typically you don't have symptoms with aneurysms. Oh, wow. So they say, right? I don't know. Right. Um, and so they, they find this aneurysm and it... They found it in my carotid artery and I was, it was, I was not expecting that. I don't know what I was expecting, but prior to me going to the hospital that morning when I woke up, I knew that I was going to have a CAT scan. I just knew. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew that it had to happen and I knew it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so when they gave me this information, you know, I kind of took it in and I accepted it after some tears, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, the ER doctor had given me some misinformation. He said it was in... Because your carotid artery goes from your brain down your neck to your heart.
0: Mm-hmm. And he
1: said it was in my neck. And so I thought, you know, okay, I could deal with this. You know, a little a little bump or a, a, a malformity in my carotid artery in my neck. I could deal with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't for another six months that I saw the neurosurgeon. And at that time he was kind of just talking quite frankly very nice man and he said yeah so it's just behind your right eye and i was like whoa i thought it was in my neck a mm-hmm. little piece of information wow um and that really scared me that that really really scared me why did it scare you the more the most then i don't know i think because it was in my head and my brain is in my head <laughs> i don't know i don't know i to right. be quite honest i don't know but i i i just and I think also, too, I had accepted that it, this, this, this little thing, this new little pet in my body is in my neck, mm-hmm. right? I'd accepted that, and then I was given new information. So I had to come around to accepting that. Um, but I will say, now that I know how precious life is, and I'm grateful... My days, I look at my days far different than I ever have. Mm
0: -hmm. So how did that change then? Because you were all of a sudden afraid because now it was behind your eye, Mm -hmm. right? And so what happened? Do you recall what happened to switch you from that fear? Because you had fear Mm -hmm. and you've always had fear of death Mm -hmm.
1: into almost this place of peace. Mm -hmm. I think what I came to realize is I've I've accepted death as part of life. And life is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And... It came to me one day. You, no one. I don't. I, I read it somewhere, heard it somewhere. No one can escape death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. And taxes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and taxes. And taxes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, once you just accept that for what it is, and it's not a bad thing. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a bad thing. Hmm. But how did you accept it? I think I accepted it because. I think I had an easier time accepting it once I started loving myself and actually living my life. Hmm. I, I I like myself. I didn't really know myself.
2: Mm-hmm. I've got to
1: know myself. I've got to trust myself. So this fear just induced yeah. a form of
0: self-love because you're sort of thinking that there could be a time limit here. Yep.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when you do think like that, if someone were to say you know tomorrow you're going to die today i'm sure you would look at today much different right
2: mm-hmm.
1: and w- no day is promised i couldn't i i was never even able to come to terms with that idea i didn't i didn't even ever want to talk about death or life insurance i didn't i didn't even want to go there
0: mm-hmm. and then you were
1: forced to i was forced right
0: yeah and then it put that in front of your face mm-hmm.
1: and then it became not so scary. It became not so scary because you know what, although that will happen one day, mm-hmm. look at all that's happening today. Mm-hmm. So then it shifted you to become more present, would you say? I, I for sure, more present mm-hmm. and more thankful. I'm
0: mm-hmm. thankful.
1: I'm very thankful.
0: And, and because of this gratitude you have now, how has that helped in your healing of depression and your anxiety and everything? You know,
1: I think I'll. I'm I'm a feeler. I feel. I feel a lot, and mm-hmm. I feel. Also, uh, there's a big spectrum of feeling, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think for me, it's 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 helped because even when I'm low, or if I'm having a sad day or a sad moment, I say it's okay. You just let it pass through you mm-hmm. don't let it settle in burrow in and make a nest mm-hmm. you know don't stew in it right it, i'm not going to be happy 100% of the time that's not that's not life that's not realistic mm-hmm. but i experience joy right and you cannot experience joy if if you don't have moments of sadness mm-hmm. and it's okay yeah i've also realized that it's okay if i feel sad or if i feel hurt it's okay to talk about how you feel.
0: Absolutely. Like I I completely 100% agree because I think when we're not acknowledging and accepting those moments, we're not really embracing that because that emotion is simply trying to tell you something that you're out of alignment or that you're missing out on something. Yeah. Right? And those emotions are just as important as all the good emotions that we like to have. And. Yeah, it's not about labeling them as as right or wrong or bad Mm -hmm. or good or yes or no. It's that when these heavier emotions, and let's call them all for what they are, you know, the hate, Mm -hmm. the jealousy, insecurity, the fear, the doubt, Mm -hmm. you know, the the worthlessness, the hopelessness, blah, 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 blah. They're just messages to get you back on track. That's right. right? When you're feeling um, all this stuff and it doesn't feel good, the whole point of what you want to do is to actually feel good. That's right. Yeah, this is all like Abraham Hicks and what they talk about is reach for a feel-good thought. And if you can't get a feel-good thought, reach for a better thought.
1: Mm, I like that. Yeah, it's deep, eh? Yeah. It's some deep (laughs) shit. (laughs) I'm a deep shit girl. (laughs) No, but it's true. And I think, you know, I think the other thing is I'm so thankful I feel. Mm -hmm. This used to be a part of me that I I tried to kind of, you know, put away. You A know? lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm thankful I feel. I'm yeah. so thankful that I feel. Yeah. Because that's what makes me me and there's just one me. There's just one you. Mhm. And I find that so magical and incredible. Mhm. That there will only be one of you. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think it's the most beautiful, simple love. Yeah. Cuz it's there's just one of all of us. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm thankful that I feel cuz without me being that feeler that I am mm-hmm. I wouldn't be me yeah yeah right it's part of who I am
0: and so what are the beautiful things that are coming out of your life now that is in this awareness
1: let's talk about that oh my gosh you know I think the people I'm meeting like mm-hmm. yourself yay, yeah but Holla, really <laughs>
0: Don't, I would say raise the roof, but don't, because you'll probably <laughs> knock off my foam roof. My foam roof. I
1: won't. I won't okay. mess with the woman, with the woman, cage. The lady No, booth. the lady booth, the sorry. Lady room, the lady yeah. booth. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying myself. I, I'm loving myself. But what
0: are you doing? What are you doing?
1: I, I'm, I'm being more creative. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm doing what I've always wanted to do. And that's create things, tell stories. Mm, mhm. Um, I find people so interesting
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm putting myself out there more like I will chat and the stuff that I have learned and the stuff that I've opened my mind to, it's incredible.
2: Mm-hmm. It is
1: incredible and in all because I am living, I'm living. I'm not fearful. Fear is not running my thoughts mm. or my actions. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm taking all things in. Mm-hmm. And I think for myself I'm I'm doing what I love. I got I have dance parties by myself in my Perfect. in my front room. That's awesome. And that brings me the simplest, purest joy. That soul music. Yes. Yeah. And I just it it feels good. I'm doing I'm doing me. Mhm. Rama's doing Rama. Rama is doing Rama. Nice. And it feels good. And
0: your performances are coming up because that's how we met, which you just yeah. talked about in the intro. So Yeah. And we're working
1: on some stuff together to maybe create a one-woman show for you. Yes, and I'm so super excited for all that you know, all that can be. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Because the possibilities they're endless.
0: Oh, the stories are endless. Hey. Right? Yeah. Because everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Everyone. And that's what makes it so unique. This is why entertainment is so powerful and why we love entertainment because we want to watch the stories. We want to see these other lives and how do people, you know, do um, the journey? You know, what is it? The hero's journey? I think that's what it's called, Joseph Campbell, Mm -hmm. the hero's journey. We want to see what people are working on, what they're struggling with. How do they get through the muck and the guck to get to survive and be the hero on the other side? Because we want to see ourselves in that. Because we know we're in there somewhere, Mm -hmm.
1: right? Mm -hmm. So that's the exciting part. It is so exciting. Mm -hmm. It is so incredibly exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, and And yeah, keep going. Yeah, no, and yeah, no. I was just saying, and and I'm just so excited. I'm so I'm so excited and I'm so I'm so thankful. Mm-hmm. You know, I keep coming back to that, but I'm I'm so incredibly thankful for my journey, for everything that got me here. Because mm-hmm. it all had to happen.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because I can see that in your expression. People may not hear that because you're just like, yo, <laughs> it's so cool. I'm so laid back. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. It's like, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, I can see it in you as as you're sitting across the table from me. So yeah. as we wrap up this episode, we... Mm-hmm. Um, what What would you like to offer as one thing of Rama, one wisdom of Rama that you would offer to people, whether that's for a mother who's been in your situation or to someone who is also has a fear of death, What
1: would you like to give? You know, I think my biggest thing that that I, I try to pull from every day is the fact that it's okay. It is okay. If you need help, ask for help.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And more times than not, we're not kind enough to ourselves. Be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, would I say this to someone else? Because if you wouldn't, there's no reason why you'd say it to yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Be kind. Forgive yourself. Because for, you know, the minute you start doing all that, that's the, that is the exact time you'll start. You'll be able to do it for other people. Mm-hmm. If you cannot love, forgive, be kind to yourself guaranteed you will not be able to give anyone in your life the best they deserve.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you deserve the best too.
0: Absolutely. Right. And you deserve the best. You're you are sitting right across from me and you deserve the best. Thank you. So, so do you though, girl. Holla sister. We all <laughs> deserve it. You betcha. Yes, we do. So once again, thank you so much mm-hmm. for coming and sharing your story and being vulnerable yeah. and telling your truth because this can really help so many people. So thank you again so much, my friend and to everyone listening Thanks for tuning in. Like we've got some exciting shit coming up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm so glad you're
1: here. Right? Thank
0: you. Yes, we do.
1: Yes, we do. Yes, we, Damn, do. we do. And thank you for having me.
0: You are so welcome. Uh, this is your space. Anytime you want to come tell another story okay. or you got something to share or your family wants to share some stuff, you bring okay. them right on over.
1: Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Open door
0: policy. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Until next time, friends. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or someone you know is in immediate need of help, please contact your local authorities, distress centre, or professional care provider. If you'd like more information on this episode or other topics, go to my website, ursulayourdun.com.